Hey everyone, Carlos here, or Artisan, or wh whatever you know me as. So, as I've done at the start of every month, I'm going to be detailing my choices for the top 10 artists of the prior month, plus two runner-ups. But before I get into all that, I did want to briefly make note of last week's news and the passing of Joey Jordison. For anyone listening who may not know who Joey was, he was the original drummer for Slipknot. He was on every record of theirs up until, uh, I can't remember the name of it, but the 2014 record. And that time frame covers uh, essentially every bit of Slipknot's Ascent and then some. I can pretty much guarantee that any song that even the most casual of alternative fans know from Slipknot had Joey on drums. So, you know, that pretty much would be like, Duality, Before I Forget, Wait and Bleed, Snuff, Dead Memories, Psychosocial, those kinds of songs. Uh, if you're familiar with any of those, you know, that's Joey's work. And I, I don't know how many people know this, but I actually play drums. Not, not for bands or anything like that, but just as a pastime. The Rev from Event Sevenfold was the person who really inspired me to start playing. Uh, rest in peace to him as well. And while I was starting all that, Joey was someone who I also turned to because I was just so captivated by his energy and the fucking ferocity with which he played with during every live set and studio session he partook in. And at the very least, he is one of the most iconic drummers of the last two decades. And I just think that, like, you know, so many musicians and fans lost someone that they considered to be a hero. I would hope that his legacy doesn't just vanish with everyone who was around to witness his greatness. And like, what I mean by that is I want people for the rest of time to be able to listen to and watch his work and understand how much he meant to this scene and use all of that for their own musical endeavors. Because if you aspire to be a drummer, it will never be a bad idea to pick up a set of sticks and say, I want to play like Joey Jordison. So now I'll go ahead into, uh, you know, the meat of this episode, that being the top 10 artists of July 2021, in my opinion. And as always, uh, I have, you know, the 10 choices and then two runner-ups. The first runner-up is Ice Nine Kills because of every bit of packaging surrounding their new single, Hit to be Scared. Uh, this came with the announcement of the Silver Scream 2 out on October 15th, as well as the coolest music video I've seen all year so far. It's an homage to American Psycho, which is the film that Hip to be Scared is based on, and it, it was just so immaculately well done and set in motion what is one of the biggest releases in the scene this year. And it helps that, you know, the song is fucking incredible. The second runner-up is Limp Biscuit, because I've seen more people talk about them over the last few days than I have in, like, 15 years. Uh, probably longer than that, honestly. They just played a set at Lollapalooza, and the social media traction for it was amazing. A, a video on YouTube of the full performance was at, like, a little over a quarter of a million views last time I looked at it. Uh, Fred Durst it, it just looks like a fucking undercover cop who swears he isn't an undercover cop. And they're out on tour right now with Spirit Box. Good on Limp Bizkit for having this random surge of relevance in 2021. Unironically, the epitome of keep on rolling. On to the actual list. Number 10, 
young culture. I've been of the belief for the last year that Young Culture is one of the more overlooked bands in the scene. They had their first full-length record last October, and hardly seeing any discourse about this band was disappointing, since I thought that record was one of the more sound releases in the pop-punk genre last year. And then on July 30th, they released a new EP called Godspeed, and I, um... I really cannot emphasize how much I enjoy what Young Culture are doing right now. I would say that if you're into bands like State Champs and Bearings, then this is absolutely your shit. The title track itself, Godspeed, really might be the best pop-punk song I've heard this decade so far. At the very least, it's up there with Low Life by Neck Deep and Walk Over My Grave by Yours Truly. I, I think it is a beautiful song with a ton of heart put into it, and that resonates immediately when it starts. The EP is supported by other great songs like Shiver and Head High, and I would hope that sooner than later, more people catch on to Young Culture. Number 9. Billie Eilish So Billie definitely had the biggest record of the month as it pertains to every artist that I'm discussing on this episode, and for good reason, because I think she's more than earned the star power she's accumulated over the last few years. I was very high on her debut album two years ago, When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go? And I, um, I just forgot how I want to phrase this. I think it's important for me to mention that before getting into her new album, Happier Than Ever, I should say that I prefer her debut. I, I enjoy Happier Than Ever, um, but, the, like, I don't know, man. When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go just kind of felt like a moment in time for me, and, like, it just had something over happier than ever. I can't really pinpoint what it is, but that's just how I feel coming out of last week and hearing this record for the first time. All that being said, I loved Happier Than Ever. I think she led off with the best songs on here through Therefore I Am and Your Power, but some of the non-singles as of now, like Overheated and Oxycontin, have the exact dark pop vibes that I think Billy can provide very uniquely. I hope this record is successful. I, I really don't see why it wouldn't be. And we're all pretty privileged to be able to watch Billy's rise happen in real time. Number eight, The Main. I actually did get to review The Main's new album, XOXO from Love and Anxiety in Real Time, on an episode of the show a few weeks back. So this may be a shorter explanation than the others on this episode. The main are always there to provide the upbeat sonic tones for those who are looking for something that they can just get lost in and dance to. Or, or cry, if that's what the song calls for. XOXO is everything that one would expect from the main, and I said in my review that I thought it was a record that could grow on me. I, I think that's rang true so far. I've gone back to songs off of their, like, sticky and dirty, pretty, beautiful very often, because they're just stuck in my head with no remedy for that. I'm quite happy with what The Main achieved in July, and I kind of feel like that might be the case for a lot of their fans. Number 7, Jaden. So this is another chapter of, you know, the whole pop-punk revival thing that I've talked about on this show several times, and I think everyone within the scene has been exposed to that trend in some capacity. I know there are a lot of dissenting opinions about how this sector of pop-punk fits in or doesn't fit in with the traditional scene bands, and 
you know, whether or not MGK is an actual spearhead or just some fucking dweeb. But regardless, I think Jaden's new album, Tell Me About Tomorrow, is an accomplishment that should be noticed. And I, I know it's probably weird to use a word like accomplishment when talking about a TikTok star's music career, but I really do think there's plenty of material on here that shines regardless of where Jaden came from. Yes, the album suffers from repetition at certain moments, and that's what kept it at uh, 8.5 or a 9 rating or whatever it was that I gave it, but uh, the rest of the album I found to be really enjoyable. Especially the song Wannabe, which actually features MGK. I remember listening to that song for the first time and thinking, like, you know, it's pretty cool. And then I just proceeded to listen to it over and over again, and it genuinely became one of my favorite songs of the year so far. I had a good time with Jaden's record, and I really think anyone who listens to pop punk wouldn't be doing any harm in giving it a chance. Number six, Willow. This is another extension of pop punk and, you know, the whole revival happening around that scene. Though this is on a bigger scale than Jaden because of Willow's name. For anyone who's listening to this and might not be aware, when I say Willow, I'm talking about Willow Smith, as in Will and Jada Pinkett Smith's daughter. You know, the girl who had the Whip My Hair song like a decade ago or whatever it was. She recently made the transition to pop punk, which we saw on her single Transparent Soul that features Travis Barker, who at this point I feel has to be attached to any project in order for it to be deemed pop punk. But that's not a slight against Travis at all, it's just funny to me to see his name show up at seemingly every corner for this new wave of talent. And Transparent Soul is part of the album Lately I Feel Everything, which dropped on July 16th. On paper, I think Willow experimenting with pop punk to this degree had room for error, but she genuinely put out an incredibly well-executed release that surpassed even my own expectations. It's not perfect, but I don't see how anyone could have been disappointed with what she did. This was a single prior to July, but the song Lipstick is this record's crowning achievement in my opinion. Though an argument can also be made for Grow, which is a collaborative track with Avril Lavigne. So, yeah, a, a lot of good coming out of Willow's camp in July. Number 5. Veins A few years ago, I was actively trying to build my knowledge of lesser-known scene artists in the event that I decided to try creating a platform like Ulterior, and I don't remember exactly how I found Veins, but my discovery of him was for the purpose that I just laid out. It was through a song called Filling Down, and that was the only Veins song I knew of until just recently, so that was my perception of what his sound entailed. In July, Veins put out a new EP called Electric Blue, which I would say is something for fans of Paris and then maybe some acts outside of the scene, like The Weeknd and Harry Styles. And that's quite different from what I remembered Veins sounding like. These songs on this EP are some of the fucking catchiest and bounciest songs you'll find in this scene at the moment. I specifically want to highlight the songs Disappear and Heaven, Heaven is an especially weird case because I hear Big Time Rush every time I listen to that song, and I fucking love it. For sure, check out Veins if anything I've been describing sounds like something you might be interested in. Number 4. Jiraiah. So, I, I don't mean to come across as some kind of ultimate music connoisseur, but what I will say is that I've been listening to and seeking out alternative music for 20 years now. And that might be longer than the amount of time some of y'all have been alive. And, uh, like, I have heard 
a lot of shit throughout that time. So take into account what I just said and understand that even with all of that, you know, knowledge and even having heard everything that I have, I really don't think I've ever listened to anything that sounds like Jiraiya. I'm not even sure how to properly explain what kind of music this guy even puts out. It's like very theatrical, early Panic at the Disco sounds and grandiose opera-esque tunes like Black Parade era My Chemical Romance. But it also sounds like some shit that should be played in a casino. I really, really don't know if anything I'm saying is making any bit of sense. But these are just the thoughts I was able to pull from my experience listening to Jiraiya's new EP, A Beginner's Guide to Faking Your Death. Not everything on this EP is new, but it was all new to me, and I had a fucking blast getting to find out for myself who Jiraiya is and what he brings to the world of music. If nothing else, I ask that everyone at least listen to the opening song on this record called Enter a Beginner's Guide to Faking Your Death. It's only about a minute and a half long and serves as the perfect introduction to the unorthodox sounds present here. Number three, Capstan. I know I've spoken about Capstan before on this show, but I don't remember specifically what I said, so, you know, I'll just go down the avenue as if I haven't talked about them before. Capstan is a band that I've always viewed as being one filled with potential. Their last album, Restless Heart Keep Running, really cemented that for me, and in particular, the song Stars Before the Sun remains one of my favorite songs of all time. So, coming into July, I was stoked for their new record, Separate. The singles run for this rollout was amazing and showcased a significant amount of consistency for Capstan. Uh, they started with Shades of Us, which I think is the overall best song on the record, and then proceeded to show off their versatility every other week. After hearing Separate in its entirety, I will say that I think Capstan put out the best they had to offer in the singles. I like all of the deep cuts, but in an instance like on the song Tongue Biter, I didn't think there was as much depth to that track as I would have liked. And I also really didn't like how both Take My Breath Away Noose and Shattered Glass had the same style of outro where the pitch is raised. So, considering those factors, I don't think Separate is a perfect record, and perfection was what I was expecting, but this body of work is still fucking excellent, and surpasses what so many other bands have been able to do this year. So, you know, don't let my criticisms of Separate hinder, like, anything I'm trying to say. Separate is fucking amazing, Capstan is fucking amazing. Number two. Chunk, no Captain Chunk. Honestly, I really, really wanted them to be number one. But just the fact that I can talk about Chunk, no Captain Chunk in the year 2021 is so heartwarming and special to me. I've been a major supporter of Chunk since the first time I saw the video for In Friends We Trust back in like 2010 or 2011. This is such a special band to me and I've been in fucking dire need of something new from them. Before this year, they didn't have an album since 2015's Get Lost, Find Yourself, or a song since 2016's Blame It On This Song. They were in the same boat as Icy Stars, where so much time has passed since they were last active that I, I kind of didn't expect it to happen anymore. So, when Bitter dropped in May as the first single to their new album, Gone Are The Good Days, 
I was elated and couldn't believe I was actually hearing new material from this band. The album released last Friday, July 30th, and I have not been able to put it down. This is as good of a comeback record as anyone could have asked for, and is very much so grounded in the easy core sound that I think Chunk have mastered in a way no other band has. They stay true to their roots while managing to still show off some versatility on a song like Tongue Tied for this really emotional, acoustic ballad that I think is one of the shining achievements of the record. And again, I really wanted Chunk No Captain Chunk to be number one for July, because they truly do deserve it, but there was just one band that barely, barely beat them out, who I will get into after recapping the list up to this point. The runner-ups were Ice Nine Kills and Limp Biscuit. Number 10, Young Culture. Number 9, Billie Eilish. Number 8, The Main. Number 7, Jaden. Number 6, Willow. Number 5, Veins. Number 4, Jiraiya. Number 3, Capstan. Number 2, Chunk No Captain Chunk. Number 1, Against the Current. There's really no one doing it like them currently in the scene. Y your faves could never. Uh, from the beginning, I feel like there's always been something about Against the Current that distinguishes them from almost everyone else. I, I think the largest part of that comes from Chrissy Costanza and how she's one of the most watchable vocalists in the alternative scene. And I don't mean that just in terms of her beauty, but she has natural charisma and talent and is someone who commands attention. And then obviously, Dan and Will complete this band and none of Against the Current success would have been possible without them. It's fucking crazy to think that those three have been at this for like 10 years now and are still working as hard at it as they ever have. I remember finding them back in like 2013 or 2014 through some covers that they partook in, and then I found the video for Closer Faster, and like ever since then, I've just been enamored with this band, and I'm happy every time I'm reminded that I'm not the only one who views them in that light. For a minute though, they were kind of quiet. Uh, they put out Past Lives in 2018, which I don't know what the general consensus was for that record, but I fucking loved it. P.A.T.T. and Strangers Again still get regular play from me, but yeah, there wasn't a ton of activity from them until last October when they dropped That Won't Save Us, which ended up being the opener for the new EP Fever. They had another single in March called Weapon, which I think is one of the best singles put out by any band thus far in 2021. Again and Again was another single last month, and, and that song features Garden, who comes in during the bridge and gives that song some flavor that isn't found in any of the other tracks. Just to go over all the new songs from July, Jump has some real attitude to his execution, and the chorus is one of the biggest of the year. Shatter slows the pace down, which was probably necessary given how packed every song prior was in terms of moments. It's so heartfelt and anthemic, and that's only accentuated with the increased instrumentation near the end. Burn It Down was initially my favorite of the new songs, and I, I don't know if that still stands, but I still cannot get enough of this song and how infectious the chorus is. Maybe the aggression is dialed back just slightly here in comparison to songs like Weapon and Jump, but it is fucking excellent in my opinion. Lullaby is the closer, and it kind of brings together every element of Fever up to that point for this comprehensive song that has so much life to it, 
And I think it has the ability to really take off for them. They actually worked with Bring Me the Horizon on that song. I know Chrissy said on Twitter that Jordan Fish brought the idea for Lullaby to her, and then Ollie Sykes wrote some of the chorus. And having that knowledge, it makes a lot of sense when listening to this song and hearing their touches being implemented. I, I really didn't mean to throw out this impromptu review of Fever for this episode, but I feel really fucking passionately about this release. I think it's one of the best of the year so far. It's only 22 minutes, so I highly suggest it to anyone who hasn't heard it yet. And what this EP brings to the scene is just an instance of one of the best bands right now sounding their best, and it's fucking gratifying as a consumer to be able to get a project like this. So that essentially wraps up the discussion about my 10 favorite artists of the month. Um... But I do want to briefly mention the songs that were ranked number one in Scenic Overlook throughout the month. For those who don't know, Scenic Overlook is something I do on social media every Sunday where I rank my 10 favorite songs in the week. And every number one spot will automatically be entered into the top 100 songs of the year list that I'm going to make some episodes for in December. So uh, these are the songs from July that are guaranteed to be talked about by me at the end of the year. Hip to be Scared by Ice Nine Kills featuring Jacoby Shaddix. Picture Perfect by Fox Era. Burn It Down by Against the Current. And Face Me by The Plot in You. So yeah, those four songs will be placed into the top 100 songs of the year list, as will, again, every prior number one song in Scenic Overlook, and then every song ranked number one moving forward until the first week of December. And, you know, that pretty much covers everything. I'll Go ahead and sign off on this episode now. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And, as always, for better or worse, let's make a scene.